The Lord be with you. We'd like to welcome especially today those of you that are parents and families of our preschoolers. Uh, what a wonderful gift they have been to us and what a wonderful gift that they are now about to bring to all of us and even to our congregation. We want to uh, give you just a little overview of how our service is going to be conducted this evening. Uh, we are going to actually be using the window, the stained glass window, which you can't see very well at nighttime. Um, but you are, and every family should be receiving a handout that will have five different cards on it, along with a cover card that will tell you a little bit about the, the actual story of the window. But we're going to be dividing that up and talking about each portion of the window. I'd like to introduce the artist. Uh, her name is Peggy Colson, and um, I think she's uh, way up there in the balcony. Peggy, could you please stand up? Yeah, we want to thank Peggy. She is the artist of these bulletin, these uh, cards, and uh, if you get a chance to be able to thank her later on, they are gifts from our congregation to each uh, one of our families. You'll notice on the uh, uh, the cover sheet that has all the five windows uh, on there that um, since you can't see very well the window as it is in the evening it'll be easier for you to make reference to that as we talk about it. Some of you don't know, not even our members always understand quite what is behind all this, but there is a logical sequence to the windows themselves. At the very top of the window you will see something called the tree of life. And of course that tree of life signifies to us the place where our first parents were, Adam and Eve, and how it is that as a result of the fall into sin, it became necessary for our Savior to be born. Perhaps the oldest uh, church that is uh, actually continuously used church in the entire world, Christian church in the entire world, is actually called the Church of the Nativity, which is in Bethlehem today, built over the site of what was believed to be actually the birthplace of Jesus. The story goes that actually almost every single church that had been built when the Muslims invaded, that these Arab nations had decided that they were going to destroy these churches, but when they got to the Church of the Nativity, they believed that the Church of the Nativity had actually been built to honor the Arabs. What they saw upon the wall and did not quite understand the story was that they were seeing three men dressed in Arab costumes who were bringing gifts. It was, of course, the narrative or the story of the three wise men. And as a result of it, the Church of the Nativity was not destroyed. When we talk about the oldest church, we can always talk about the oldest story. Going back, actually, to the time of Adam and Eve, and the time would come for the damage that was done as a result of the fall to be undone by the promised Messiah. All the way through the Old Testament, there is a, we call it a golden thread, as they trace the genealogy of the coming Messiah, represented by that little star that you see there above the Bethlehem, city of Bethlehem. The star, of course, not only guided the wise men to the Christ child, but it also represented a promise that God had made to his people that he would send his own son into the flesh. And he would be a king, 
a king who would be descended from David. And Jesus was legitimately and in every respect the true king of Israel. But it was so interesting that it was said in contrast to the manger where he was born, the humility with which Christ entered the world. And it is in that spirit of humility as the Lamb of God, represented by that Lamb, already a reference to the fact that he would, even upon his birth, he was going to become the sacrificial Son of God, like a sacrificial Lamb. And it would be through and by means of his death that the world would be redeemed and the curse that came upon the world as a result of the fall of Adam and Eve would now be undone. The baptism window, which is the one which is directly below the Bethlehem window, well, it speaks a little bit to the fact that Jesus was not known in Israel, certainly as a savior, up until the time that his ministry began at his baptism. From his earlier years, we have very little knowledge. Just when he was 12 years old and he was brought to the temple in Jerusalem, and there he amazed all the scribes and the leaders of the Israelites over his knowledge of scripture by the questions that he asked and by the responses that he gave. John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. And he did that, you see the baptized waters here, the waters of baptism, by the way in which he forgave the sins of the people. Not only were they able then to recognize who Jesus was with their sins forgiven, but they also, baptism was also used as a way of being able to identify the Messiah. The one upon whom the Spirit would descend would be the Messiah. And so in this picture, you see the Spirit in the form of a dove descending down upon the lamb as he stands there within the water. The honeycomb, which you see at the lower left-hand side, that honeycomb is known as survival food. And of course, any time that Israel was called upon to repent and prepare, it was, of course, something that carried with it a certain kind of judgment. That is, this is the food of the wilderness and food of survival. The water symbolized what baptism was going to do and what it does. It washes away, but not just the outside of the body. It also washes the soul. This Holy Spirit in this form of a dove was going to bring power to Christ. And through his wisdom and through his gifts, he was going to be able to fulfill his mission. It was later on that the Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost stood up and said, Receive, repent, and be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises unto you and to your children. And with those words of promise, we're so happy to hear our children sing about the baptism of our Lord. We begin now with our choir anthem. The window immediately to the right of the baptism window we call the Lord's Supper window. The mission of Jesus, as we just heard both in the text and also in our choir anthem, was a priestly mission. It was not going to be easy because it was a responsibility of the priest to mediate between God and man. How was Jesus going to be able to express to people his desire to feed them spiritually with the word of God so that their souls would also understand this wonderful relationship with his God. 
You see there, there are fish on either side of the cross along with some shocks of wheat. These fishes and loaves of bread, if you remember, Jesus fed 4,000 people at one time and over 5,000 at another from just a few loaves of bread and a few fish. The cross itself represents what it is that his life would come to be. He would suffer there upon the cross and become a ransom for us in order to set us free. The cup, representing the Lord's Supper along with the grapes and again along with the bread in the basket, this was the food of the Lord's Supper which he said was given and shed for the forgiveness of sins. And the lamp down below with its flame represents faith, trust, knowledge, which sees, believes, and receives the benefit of what it is that Christ came to do upon the cross. The, uh, the resurrection window, which is the window that now comes back around on the upper right-hand side, um, the resurrection window, the first command that Jesus came, uh, gave after he appeared from the, re- from the dead is that he breathed in his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Then he told them that they were to forgive the sins of people to both bind and to loose them. And these are sometimes described as the keys or the office of the keys to forgive and retain sins. These are the keys that open the door of heaven through the forgiveness of sins. The cross represents the hardship that comes from anybody who would follow Christ. Jesus said, if any man would come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. And the rooster, very slight in the background there, is a reminder actually of the human frailty of all those who exercised the keys. Peter was the one who denied Jesus three times. And the full moon, which looks an awful lot like the full moon we saw this morning, the full moon is the Paschal moon. It was always in the middle of the lunar month that they celebrated the Passover meal. The little lambs at the base represent those who the apostles were to care for. The office of the pastorate is to care for. Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep. And he said it three times, almost as a reminder to Peter of the number of times that he denied him. Our last window is now returning once again to the top again to the tree of life because as a circle beginning with Adam and Eve in Eden going through the fall and the promise of his appearance his ministry beginning with the baptism of John his passion death and resurrection and then the sending of his disciples we now see what happens what's the fruit of what it is that he has done the tree of life represents eternal life at Christmas it is the time of giving where we give gifts at the birth of Christ, but the greatest gift of all was not what we give to each other or even what we give to God. It is the gift that he gave to us that leads to everlasting and eternal life. Christmas would have no meaning at all but for this story, a story that began with the announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ at Christmas. This makes, of course, Christmas into the greatest event in all human history, and it is truly the reason for all of us to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior.